Welcome to Talking In Stations. I am Matterall. Uh, the date today, I used to always start with this, but uh, it's kind of fallen off, is January 25th. So we're almost a full month into 2021. And uh, what a beginning it has been for this year. So today we're going to look at uh, a little bit of news, but mostly we want to talk about what CCP introduced today, which was the new, uh, I guess, Fleet Finder. And uh, we'll bring up the new versus the old. To help me with that, I'm bringing in Elise Randolph, who's here with us. How are you doing, Elise? Ah, pretty good, pretty good. Thanks. Thanks for helping me out. Uh, Gregorin is here as well to help us with the news. Hi. Hi. And uh, let's get started with this, uh, this new feature that just came out. Uh, the dev blog didn't really have much information on it. It really just introduced it. So what we decided to do is have a look at... Uh, the uh, CC and uh, what you'll see on the left is the test server CC is the test server here and this is the uh, actual game so we can compare the before and the after so if I wanted to find a fleet I'll just bring up um, I would click on the menu go down to social and find fleet and when I click on that uh, I can use this uh, hamburger menu is what they call it. Those are the three lines up there. And you can see the only option there is to form a fleet, right? Now that's if I wanted to form a fleet. If I wanted to find a fleet, I would hit find fleets here. And uh, that would give me a list of available fleets uh, through whatever criteria I decided to put in here. So this is a little bit, uh, to form a fleet, it's a little bit odd. I think uh, for fleet commanders, uh, it would be no problem for them to find it, but for newer players, it would take some doing to do that. So let's look at what, what it looks like on this new one. Well, first of all, I'm going to go to the menu, go down to social, uh, go down to fleet. And this brings up, uh, it looks like it's actually, a. oh no, it's the same thing. So it, you can still get to it this way. Uh, so nothing has changed in that respect. But here's an interesting move. Let's cancel that. On the new interface, they've moved Fleet Finder ta -da, to the agency. It's a new tab called Fleet Up. So the idea is, and you can see there's a graphic for it as well, that this is much better for newer players to, instead of diving three clicks into uh, an obscure reference, right? Social, fleet, that kind of thing. Uh, it's right there in front of you as an option for you to get active. So fleet up, and it's a whole new design on this interface, but uh, essentially it has the same functionality. Yeah. So again, in the old way, if I were to form a fleet, I would click on form a fleet, and a few seconds later, I would be thrown into a fleet comms down here. You would see my wing appear. Um, in order to advertise this fleet, to a public, let's say, not necessarily to your courtmates. Uh, I would go to Fleet Finder and uh, look at my advert. And if I don't have an advert, then I would need to create an advert. And as you can see, it starts to get a little bit cumbersome. You have to know your way around. And that's fine because most fleet commanders are experienced people, but for somebody who decides they just kind of want to try it, uh, it looks it looks a little more, it looks that's, that's not really user-friendly, basically. So in the new way, as soon as you bring up, um, and I'll take you back one step uh, to go back to fleet up. 
Let's go back to the agency. So I click on fleet up and right there, the big blue button is saying register fleet command. That's as fast as you uh, can think of it. So then you put in a name, you put in a description if you want to. And again, the big blue button is register the fleet. You're ready to go. Uh, there are some additional options we'll talk about in a minute, uh, but that's essentially like the user interface difference, which uh, just looks a lot more user-friendly. At least you were talking about that um, earlier, people using the, uh, or this may appeal to newer players as opposed to veterans. Yeah, it seems to me like every time they, they try and shove stuff into the agency tab and, and they still shove more and more stuff into this uh, agency window, it's kind of like a central portal for um, all things EVE at this point, right? You can find locator agents there, you can find your um, uh, encounters there, you can do exploration there, you can do basically everything through this little portal. You can find like um, uh, belts, uh, belt anomalies and all that good stuff. Um, I think if you've started playing EVE in the last three or four years, you use the agency probably regularly, right? Because it's one of those things that pops up on login unless you do a little checkbox to say, hey, I don't want to see this ever again. And it reminds me a lot of the um, like the radial button uh, for like selecting things and for warping. So many people that started EVE in the last five years, they use the radial button instead of just like the right clicking or uh, going through the windows that maybe veterans do. And, and I have a feeling this is going to be one of those things again, right? Where veterans probably will be annoyed that they have to go to this agency thing and new players will be, or newer players will be able to say, oh, cool, there's new stuff in the agency. That's, that's great. Yeah, that was my first thought as well. That my first thought was that it'll be great for newer players because, but people will have trouble getting used to it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how do the older players, which, uh, let, let's just say we're talking about the, if we want to dial it back to the beginning of M2, where they were a third of the game was currently in a fleet the old way, right? You had like 12,000 people in fleets from both the Imperium and Pappy. Um, how are they going to take to this, right? Because you're talking about that's your use case. Those are the people that go in the fleets essentially every time they log in. Are they going to be like finding this to be like a little bit too annoying? Um, or is there going to be like a way where they can get into fleet the old way? How is that uh, uptake going to take? That's going to be interesting for me. Uh, but I, I know I can see why CCB did it, right? The idea is if you play EVE by yourself and you never interact with another person, chances are you're probably not going to play EVE for a long time, right? It's kind of confusing. It's frankly a little bit boring if you don't like ever meet anybody. Um, it's like solo PVE stuff gets really, really boring, really or really stale really quick. Um, so if this lets you find a, a new group to play with quickly, then hey, that's great. That That's wonderful for your player retention which is something that CCP has been focusing on. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's important is it looks like all the ways to your fleet are still there that were there before. This is more like additive clarity rather than replacement. So Yeah, and that's uh, that's very important. Like you have to you have to preserve the features that were there before. Right. They may have an overlap where over time, if they see, I don't know, maybe uh, a heat map that, oh, more people in, are adopting this new way. Maybe at that point they are like, yeah, let's take away that other way of getting there. But um, 
for just on, I don't know what FCs do, but as far as players in Nullsec, really they they usually just click on a name of the fleet inside their corp or their alliance, uh, and that gets them into the fleet normally. I open but, up the what I do is I open up the fleet finder and I uh, like go through find the fleet that I want to join. If I'm part of a mega coalition, I got to do some scrolling. Uh, from part of a smaller group, there's going to be only one or two fleets there that I can see, and I just click through there. Um, yeah, I like the Fleet Finder interface. It'll be interesting. I know on CC right now, as you pointed out, they have both still up. Yeah. I'm curious if CCB are going to, when they make this, um, this agency version of it uh, live, I'm curious if they're going to still have both, both ways to do it. Uh, that's, that'll, yeah, we'll have to see, you know, what's interesting. I have no fleets available to me, <laughs> so I can't show uh, what that would look like for you, but I can I see what you mean. All right. Well, let's go through this new setup again, because this is a, again, registering a fleet. Now that's a different name for it too, right? It used to be form fleet, uh, register fleet is interesting. What did you say it was a long time ago? What was it called? They were gangs back in the day, right? Um, I think there was a, gangs went up to a certain size and they didn't have links and then fleets had more of a structure, but you were able to get bonuses depending on who was in squad and wing command. Uh, and then they just merged it all into one and said, Hey, uh, we'll just call it fleets have 256 people. I think that was the one thing that I was the most curious about when you were uh, showcasing this off of, are they changing the amount of people in fleet? Cause that would be a massive game changer. Uh, but no, it's still the same 256. Yeah, let's look at that. If I uh, uh, register a fleet, actually, let me edit that, edit advert. If I want to use advanced options here, um, that means I'm using advanced options, but all it does is say public access because that's the advanced option that is selected. But I would need to hit this button here for advanced options. And this is where you get um, this second tier advanced options, which is basically create advert. Uh, all these commands and... Uh, checkboxes are represented here. And they're roughly the same with one exception. But uh, what Elise is talking about is right here, uh, reject join requests after a certain fleet size. And its default is 250, but uh, it maxes out at 256, which is a very computer-esque number, isn't it? Like a it's byte. Probably uh, based on what type I don't know Python, but uh, most uh, language programming languages have uh, certain data types, uh, class, or something that is deter it determines how many bits can be stored in there. So, two hundred and fifty-six would be a power of two. So it would be it tells you what. Uh, what they were using in there. Yeah. Yeah. In their code. Yeah. In their code. Cause that makes no sense. You were saying, um, that that number probably should have been changed at least. I don't know if it should have been changed. Right. But when I, <laughs> when I was on the CSM, I made the case, um, that reducing that could solve a lot of, uh, pain points at the time, uh, in terms of, uh, N plus one gameplay. I I, I thought rather I rash. I tried to argue um, wow. that limiting the fleet size to say fifty would or a hundred. I think a hundred was my number. Putting the fleet size at a hundred 
yeah. would uh, increase complexity so much for the larger fleets um, that would be a it would represent a much bigger burden and things like tons of logistics, uh, certain fleet doctrines that were oppressive at the time, big cap battles, uh, moving caps around willy nilly. All of that would have been much harder to do with a fleet size capped at 100. I think that's like an interesting proposition. Um, I, I don't know how it would be taken by the players now. I think there would probably be a mutiny if you told players uh, in the middle of this big war, hey, we're reducing fleet size to 100, by the way. Uh, it, it would just be completely nuts. They say no. That would not. Well. But I, but you know, I think I, uh, if you did that change yeah. eight years ago or when everyone was on the CSM, I think it could have solved a few problems uh, of the day and kind of may, maybe made its way over to to changing how EVE is today. Yeah. I I also think this is a rich opportunity for them to distinguish uh, sizes of fleets, right? Like instead of a number, they could have put a drop-down list that is kind of a template, like small gang limits you to 40 people, let's say. Um, you know, you can adjust it, of course, but it, it, it's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of what a small gang number is like. They would have to make decisions on that, but it would be interesting for them to make those almost like templated decisions, like... Uh, a voyage fleet or something would be a hundred. Uh, uh, a small gang would be twenty, and and then you could kind of get a sense of like proportion, proportionality. Like this is oh, this is kind of customarily where small gang is basically. Yeah, and I think you could also do like really neat things if you had that sort of uh, breakdown as well, right? So let's say if you're taking out um, a Rome and a Rome is 25 people, right? Cause that 25 people can use the, the big filaments. Um, but you can have it uh, affect a weird multiplier in your fleet for um, gang bonuses and gang links. Mm -hmm. So they will be twice as effective as a guy in a 200 man fleet or something like that. I think you could, there's a lot of granularity that you could play with there um, to kind of make people want to take 25 people instead of 35 people um, onto a fleet. Yeah, I, I think that would be pretty cool. And you know what would be even more interesting? And now it's just kind of getting into a wish list. But what if you could say, I need 15 DPS, I need five Logi, and I need, uh, you know, five E-War, right? And you could break that out and hold it as a template and then put up that fleet and say, this is what I'm looking for. And that way... Um, because we get that negotiation anyway, right? Like you'll hear yeah. an FC saying, "I'm not, I'm not undocking you guys until I get five more Lodgy and fleet," you know. And he has to repeat yeah. that over and over and over again until it happens. That is really cool. If you could just say, "Hey, we have to like this is what we're looking for in this specific fleet," and the person who creates it, they can go in there and change little settings, like, "Oh, I want a uh, hundred DPS ships and twenty Lodgy," and, and then when you join a fleet, it'll fill you in with a certain color or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then the advert can basically say, this fleet is looking for Logi, you know, like when you're doing the mass finder of like, let me find a fleet. It could say like this fleet requires five more DPS uh, and there's room for three more Logi or something. And then you could say, oh, I think I can fit that bill as a newer player. Like, I think I can actually help out there. And <clears throat> it's almost like they say that... Um, if I'll take talking in stations as an example, if I just say, Hey, somebody want to help out talking in stations, 
everybody stays still. Nobody helps out out there in the audience. Um, but if I say, hey, I'm going to use an example here, uh, Wormius, it's me, Matterall. I need your help. Can you help TIS? He's probably much more likely to say, yeah, I can help you. And thanks for looking for me to help you. Like there's a different kind of transaction there than just saying, hey, I'm open for business. Come help me out, you know. And I, I wonder what this uh, asking for this logic kind of goes there. Go ahead. I wonder if the like where this fleet window is now with the little kind of graphical updates that it did. I wonder if they're able to make those types of changes in this format and the other format. They just it was like too clunky, too old, uh, and they just were kind of stuck with what they had. Yeah. Right. So far, it's just a cleaning up of the uh, of it. By the way, this is a this is new, right? If you click here, new player friendly. Uh, that's for searching for. That's a real easy way. They should probably make this default on everybody that's new. So, uh, as a search for a group, they should just leave that as default. And then, as a person gains experience, they can just turn that off and then see all the other stuff. As a as an Eve player for quite some time, the first thing I think of whenever I see something like that is. <laughs> how can I grief people with this mechanic? Or rather, how can people get griefed <laughs> by this mechanic? Right. And the first thing I think of is oh, sure. you go to, you can't go to, you can't grief players in a starter system, but let's say you go a few jumps out of a starter system. You have this new player friendly fleet. They join it. You warp them to a safe spot. You activate a filament and take them out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and then either leave them to find their way home or kill them. <laughs> I got to log off, guys. You're on your own. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So that, like whenever I see like the new player friendly thing, that's what I think of absolutely first. So right. I hope they put it some, I hope they put in a few anti-grief mechanics to get some of the low hanging fruit out of there. Obviously it's Eve. The players are going to figure out how to break something no matter how hard you try to stop it, but just get, get some of the, the low hanging fruit off the thing. So a new player, a new player checkbox for you is just like a, a beacon of advertisement that I'm trickable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yikes. Maybe. Uh, all right. So, uh, but that is new. I, I don't think that was represented in the old. And another thing that's new, let's update fleet registration uh, under advanced options. Oh, actually, before you even get to advanced options, is this here, select fleet activity. And this is where they make an editorial decision. Uh, not only is the order editorial, but the, uh, an editorial decision, but this is, because I think it's fixed. I've tried to do many fleets and it's always in this order. But also they figured out, um, or they've curated a menu of activities that a fleet would do. So PVP, a free roam, Escalations, combat anomalies, abyssal dead space, factional war, incursions, and then miscellaneous for anything else. What do you think of that? Any thoughts? I'm trying to think of other like really popular activities that don't kind of fit in there or that would well, be in the misc thing. They don't have like tours or sightseeing or um uh Mining fleets, I don't see... Oh, there is mining right there. Uh, all they have is mining, but there's no detail into mining. It's just mining. Whereas for encounters, they have all kinds of detail on what kind of encounters. So Yeah, they don't have exploration either. I guess maybe that... Oh, it's here. It's right here. Oh, there it is. It's under yeah. mining. Hmm. But exploration yeah, a... is not really... 
I mean, exploration is a thing, right? Like we're going to go into space and we're going to look for something to hack or relics to uh, unlock. It's not really exploring. Like if I had, a, a, you know, uh, the filaments and I said, I'm just going to explore who wants to go with me, that would go under miscellaneous. I think it wouldn't go under exploration because exploration kind of has a, tact, uh, a tactical yeah, activity yeah, no, to it, doesn't it? You're, you're absolutely right with that, yeah. Never understood how exploration can be done with a fleet since it's, I've always thought of it as a solo activity. Well, this kind of exploration, yes, uh, probably. Uh, but I think they wanted to put it in there to be representative. But uh, the exploration that I'm thinking of, and maybe this is just a description, so you can put exploration. Uh, and people that are new will think, oh, he's just exploring. I'll go with him. But um, but advanced players will be like, was oh, he going to go to ghost sites? Is he going to, uh, is he going to certain uh, pl hackable places like there is an exploration activity yeah uh so that's that's interesting to me and so you're kind of left with miscellaneous if it's not listed so again ccp kind of looked at their agency and probably saw the different kinds of encounter activities and you know you know what i don't see here ess uh robbing <laughs> you know stuff like that yeah they, they don't i guess that's a free roam type thing maybe yeah maybe if it's in the pvp I yeah don't know. banditry like i would like to see uh smuggling you know a uh, smuggling <laughs> fleet or or uh, a drug delivery service fleet you know maybe if you could just type that would actually be kind of fun too but you would get you know a race to the bottom with the ability to customize too far people would be like uh it's the dick butt fleet or something Okay. It's strange that the order that they put them in too, like the, I wonder if they just put them in kind of, cause they're not alphabeticalized, right? Um, it starts with incursions. It's got pirate stronghold at like number three, yeah. which I, I, I think there's maybe, and, and I'm being very generous here. I think there's maybe a hundred people that do the pirate strongholds um, in all of the <laughs> wow. online. <laughs> wow. So it's not yeah. as popular as a Rome, for instance, or yeah. PVP. Yeah, when I was uh, living in high sec, when I was with Eve University, I cleared a couple of those when they started causing trouble with our high sec mining operations, but never really sought them out. Yeah, same. I have a rattlesnake that's fit only to like AFK them if it comes into like one of the systems where I have a bunch of high sec little citadels um, because they <laughs> annoyingly ping your citadels if there's a stronghold in the system, so you have to clear it out. And they're like, I remember when they first came out, they were meant to be like end game PVP or PVE. And then, of course, EVE Online players figured out how to solo them or do it with like as few people as humanly possible. And it, the NPC Sotios, which are technically pirates strongholds, uh, those are not going to be public fleets. I can assure you the cable and people like him are not going to do public fleets for this. Yeah, yeah, they they keep a tight lid on, on those type of things. So it's interesting the um, the order that they put them in. Uh especially with I think PVP is kind of toward the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's at the bottom. It's, uh, down here, next to miscellaneous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it got put out near the outhouse. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean essentially it has all of the old uh fleet finder stuff 
that we had that we have currently it has all those features still in it yeah um you can load if i'm not mistaken i was just tinkering with it but you can load a saved profile which is really um like the most common thing that you do uh, with fleets now i think um where can you load that profile after you start the fleet you can just you right click on the little three lines above the fleet and hit load profile oh uh that is on the other screen right let's see update it so once you have the actual fleet up um well, let me bring that back up here it is no that's chat channels i blew the uh let me bring this back to dual thank you there it is file fleet find fleet so it's just the um it's just the fleet window when the fleet is already formed uh if you're the fleet owner there's like a little uh, four lines at the top you like left click it and then there's a fleet setups thing where you can import your setups i think that's what most fcs rely on currently um right. and maybe if you don't have any saved it doesn't show up i don't know yeah but I it don't... looks like that functionality is still there right. so that's good all right cool well yeah, like I said, it doesn't look like they changed anything for that exists already. Uh, the only thing is a little bit different here is the this button here says don't update advert on boss change. And um, that is, so it's now default that you will change the advert on boss change. Uh, and as it used to be before, the default was that it won't, and you had to say, please change it when the boss changes up the fleet. So they went ahead and rever uh, reversed that. And that's the only difference that I've seen uh, at all. The sliders are all the same, and uh, everything's the same for, for this. I wonder how much they consulted the CSM with this, if they showed this to them, and, or how involved the CSM were in this. Yeah. Well, I think it... I think I saw a, I saw a screenshot. I think it was Phantomite saying that there was this coming change that was going to be announced soon that he really liked, uh, but but was going to shake things up a lot, which a lot of people seem to be worried that it might ruin whatever their gameplay is. But maybe it's something about this and getting players. That, involved in the community more easily yeah i think when uh phantom is largely a like a solo or small group player usually when those players are saying oh there's something exciting coming the, the bigger <laughs> groups get scared they generally don't like that yeah he's people have been suggesting that it's some sort of nerf to cloaks but uh i personally be surprised if someone who is this solo small gag pvp type is is really have would be really happy about cloaks being nerfed yeah i'm, I'm looking through more and more of uh, the things and yeah it is um it is all the same even the reject the join request from uh thing that defaults at 250 on the new one it also defaults at 250 on the um on the current one that's in the game now so literally the exact same function functionality is mirrored across 
uh, with both both windows. It's just gussied up essentially in terms of uh, a graphical overhaul, right? So you're yeah. not losing any, you're not losing anything. Uh, it's not like walking in stations where it kind of removes the ship spinning aspect for a couple of weeks. Um, right. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> yeah. It just looks like it's, so this is, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all okay with this, right? Um, yeah. This won't affect you. Uh, in other words. Yeah. I don't think the, the players are going to really feel the pain points of this um, with the exception, maybe of finding the fleets, finding the, um, the fleet finder itself. Right. It's one of those things where you get into the habit of where it is when you click on it. Mm-hmm. And if that gets changed um, currently on the test server, just for anyone who's just doing it now on the test server right now, um, it's in the agency and it's where it was before. So like there's a little fleet window where it was before. So it's not completely removed from where it was. I'll be curious if, if that makes it to the live server. But I think that would be really the only pain point is finding the fleet itself. Um, if older players have to go to the agency, which I think older players probably avoid the agency um, quite a bit, even though it's really the only place where you can find ESS and um, DBS information. So you, you have to use the agency if you're doing that type of gameplay. Yeah, I don't really use the agency for, for much. That was mainly because... Well, when I was really figuring out the game... Uh, I was living in a couple of wormholes, uh, and and that and the agency didn't really have a lo- as nearly as much functionality in, if you were in a wormhole as it did in K space. So I just decided. I guess I got start used to n- not having much use for it. One last thing here before we wrap up. Uh, fleet activity, again, is a drop-down which allows you to filter uh, other people's fleets so that you can figure out, I'm going to do mining. Let me click on the activity of mining and see what fleets there are. Since this is a test server, there are no fleets, but this is where all the mining fleets would be. Mine is an exploration fleet, so you can see that one there. Uh, if you look at Free Rome, you would see them listed here. So the activities allows people to zero in on the content that they want, the encounter content uh, that they're looking for. That is pretty cool, right? And, and that's one of the things that I think Eve has been missing um, in terms of new player experience is uh, finding another player and doing an activity with them. Um, mm-hmm. I've always really wanted like uh, some... A grinder? Sure how you would actually do this. <laughs> I guess that's sort of it. Yeah. But I, I would wish that in part of the tutorial, there would be an option where you can do part of the tutorial by yourself and it would take you 10 minutes or whatever. And it would be a little bit difficult. Or you could wait for another player doing that tutorial as well, do it together, and it would take you five minutes and it would give you five times the rewards, right? So it would teach you from an early stage, hey... If I do this with someone else, I can get better rewards. Because that's essentially the crux of what EVE Online is, right? Yeah, I can do it alone just fine. But if I do it with someone else, I can do something even cooler. Yeah, I got to show you something I think you you might find funny there. So uh, we had a whole episode where I talked about I've always wanted to create the EVE grinder. I don't know the difference between Grinder and the other one uh, that's like it. I forget what it's called. Grinder is specifically for men who are looking for men. Right. And what's the other one called? T 
Tinder. Tinder. Okay. So I, I, I keep calling, I get them all confused because of course this all happened after I was, you know, uh, married and off the market and all that. So I didn't get to participate in any of the, uh, Tinder, uh, stuff. So I always remember Grindr. So I kept saying, I want to make like an application that allows people to find other people in the game to participate with, which is exactly, I think the promise of MMOs is, is that sort of thing. So we had this whole episode on, you know, in, inventing Grinder for Eve, the Eve Grinder, And somebody sent me an exotic male dancer, uh, <laughs> in game <laughs> contracted <laughs> to me. <laughs> so I want to say thanks, uh, to whoever that was, uh, I guess I can look it up on contracts, but um, I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, and we'll do a little commercial here for a second. I wanna show you since I have this on screen and maybe to make it clear, I'm gonna just make this 175 again so it'll be uh, good and visible. And as you can see, we have TIS mailing list, which is news. And you can see that we've been, uh, since December 4th, we've been writing out uh, papers, basically newspapers. A little bit of breaking news there, but uh, this is a backlog of um, basically uh, in-game news articles. Um, Gregorian here helps me with that from time to time. And as you can see, it is like, it's like having your own little newspaper uh, in EVE Online. You don't have to you don't have to travel to a website or join a Discord or anything. You literally just get news of the day that we cover here on this. Uh, you get that put into your mailbox. If anybody had any questions as to what it's like, and what I really like about this for, for players, right, because I've always wanted something like this, is that as you read the news, it gives you context because you have links, right? So if I say like, whoa, this guy's uh, travel fit avatar got killed in what system? Let me click on that and it'll actually take you there and give you some information on where that is. Oh, Iridia, okay. Show this on the map. And then next thing you know, you're in the newspaper, out of the newspaper and into the actual map that shows you where that thing is happening. So I just love the, the possibilities. And, and the other thing that's really cool about this is and it follows that same thing if somebody's talking about an item like uh morphite you can uh view market details on it or something and you can go right to it oh this this is you know if we say the the price of morphite is skyrocketing you right click and you can actually see for yourself that it is skyrocketing so that kind of integration with these links makes news really kind of cool in in the uh, eve client itself so uh, if you want to get in on this, it's totally free or whatever. It's um, called TIS News. It's on a mailing list here. To get into that mailing list, what you do is open up your mail client, which is what I have open now. And you just want to click this button here, add mailing list. And then make sure you type in TIS News and hit join. And then you'll get a little welcome message and you're off and running. And for some of you behind the scenes, let's actually look at the mailing list. And uh, this holds 50 members per, let me actually, yeah, this holds 50 members per um, page and we have 16 pages. So uh, that's pretty good. That's about 800. Yeah. I was about to do my math incorrectly. So thank you for saving me. 
yeah, so 800 uh, people subscribed. I think that list can max us out at uh, two or 3,000 members. And, and then once it caps out, uh, we'll have to figure out what to do then. But we're far from that for now. Okay. Back to... Um, that's that's the commercial for Talking in Stations. It's a free thing. So I, I, uh, I hope that you guys not only have it for yourselves, but if you don't like it, maybe distribute it to other people. Uh, and there's one more thing that's cool about that. Uh, if something really important is happening, like the M2 fight that we talked about that erupted out of nowhere, we can direct people from in the game to let them know something big is happening. And we actually write a description. Uh, and then if they want to watch the free, the, uh, the live stream, that's an, you know, it's available to them or they can just kind of keep up with the news and we'll keep updating them on breaking news, like something that big. So be cool. Oh, by the way, we cover news from everywhere too. So it's not just, you know, what's going on in Delve. It's a lot more what's going on everywhere else than it is uh, what's going on in Delve. Okay. That's my exotic dancer story and our mailing list. What else is there out there in the news? Well, uh, Pro God Legend did, and Philly did their Legacy Coalition Town Hall yesterday, which they streamed it over Twitch because, well, we we saw screenshots that of an email to whoever handles Legacy IT from their hosting service that saying that they had confirmed a denial of service attack and that's why that they the, their mumble was down uh and ha they had to stream it over twitch instead hmm. so they got they got raided yeah i think uh it's probably good for them to have it on twitch anyways right <laughs> like uh, i know a lot of these things they're meant to be freely alliance only but this thing would have been leaked to soundcloud anyways Hold it on Twitch. At least you have agency over um, over how it's put out to the the greater Eve community. It's actually something that uh, the Matani did first uh, with his like uh, updates to the Alliance. He would hold them kind of publicly, just so they would never have to be the idea of a leak, right? So no one could ever leak his his uh, his updates or his town halls. They were public anyway, so who cares? Yeah. So that's a, that's a good thing. But nice. Gregorian did a, a really good write-up for um, what was in that legacy town hall. Yeah, some of the interesting points were that uh, Pro God Legend made the assertion that the M2 situation is more stressful on the Imperium camping it than on Pappy, his, since it doesn't take much effort to be stuck there while the Imperium has to spend a lot of time keeping it locked down so that no one escapes and talked about how tests experience at UALX uh, gave them an idea of what it's like to be on the other side of this sort of thing. And he also said that even with the amount that they that Pappy expects to lose on, in an extraction. Uh, once things get at further extracted, Pappy will still probably have the same or larger type numbers than the Imperium. All right, let's see if I can get Dotland uh, to work here. So it yeah. says, go ahead. And 
another thing is so well pro god legend said that the reason why siberian squads is going to be leaving legacy is specifically because they want content that's more in their time zone which bander logs there the russian alliance and pure blind is closer to their time zone and that's why they're deploying up there and uh villain program has said that because the coalition focus is delve right now they're not putting a huge effort into either uh retaking the parts of northern catch that Dreadbomb and Tactical Supremacy took over. Yeah. Or uh, f- setting up new residents of the Tenerife Sov that Siberian squads had. Let me take a quick look at Catch because that's where um, you can see here. Let's actually switch that to not security, but iHubs, which are really the kind of control centers. And you can see the AT.O uh, is Dreadbomb. It took a little more space than before but i think um we talked to sado who's in charge of dread bomb he's not out to like actually conquer space but he's out to occupy it and wants people he's to out to get content he's he's out know. to uh use space as a means of getting content right but going back to delve where we are this war is going on the one smeb keep start which is here somewhere where here it is it's the gate to iridia yeah let me click on it to highlight it i'll bring it back in just a second there it is it's in white and that there's a keep star in there that got um shield reinforced a couple days ago and then the armor reinforced went through and it was i think it was uncontested right yeah there was a lot of fighting actually a four-hour fleet which i bridged home just a few minutes before this show started uh, over a few iHubs that was going on elsewhere, and the Imperium was focusing on that. Mm. At least, do they... Does the Imperium, as best you can see, consider the structure fights distractions from other fights? Um, I think right now... First of all, I think the Imperium could care less about one Smeb and that entire constellation, right? They, mm-hmm. I don't they've think they've ever really much, contested. They? Yeah, and they've never really contested the Sov in there, even when they had these massive advantages in terms of numbers, like you're talking with the week after the second M2. Mm-hmm. Um, they they didn't really care about resetting one Smeb or anything like that. So they I, they didn't even core that structure, um, even though they raised all this money to to core their things. They just, they don't care about that one. It's going to go down. Um, Can they core it after the armor timer before the? I I think it has to be fully repaired for it to be cored. Um, Okay. Which obviously they're not not going to do now, right? Because it's sitting in structure time where it comes out in three days or so. It would just be a gift really. But yeah, they don't care about that constellation at all. They don't use it for logistics. Iridia is a dangerous, spooky region where you die anyways. Um, they don't go through there. That's not their route through high sec. I'm sorry I keep interrupting, but this seems like a new development then because M2 could not have happened if that Keepstar was not cored, right? Uh, yeah, that's absolutely true. But that was before the changes to the cores were there, yeah. right? So, it didn't so we'll never. To, but if we may never see another, um, 
I guess, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, except that M2 wouldn't have happened because the core wouldn't have been in there. Then you wouldn't have had the tether capability, which was a strategic key point of uh, their plan there. So the structures that they care about now have to be cored in preparations for opportunities they can take advantage of in advance. I think the Imperium would have cored M2. Um, that entire constellation, it's the constellation that borders Fountain. Mm. Um, it's very close to them in 1DQ. Um, it's not behind Helm's Deep or anything like that. But I think they cared significantly, at least a little bit, um, about that area, right? It, it, if you well, don't hold it, then no one can really hang on a fountain, right? So you cut off right. the possibilities of even being there. So I think uh, M2 would have probably been cored anyways. But yeah, the um, right now, I mean, it's you're sending a really big signal if you don't have a cord keep star. If you're the Imperium, yeah. you're literally saying we do not care about this. You can take it with a single frigate if you want. Like we, we just <laughs> could not care less about it. We're not going to defend it. Um, and right now, the Imperiums—they're not going to move their cap fleet away from M2. Right there, they're in full Hellcat mode. They're staying there. Um, they're really happy about what happened uh, this past weekend when Pappy did like some breakout attempts and they ended up losing two Nixes in the process. Mm -hmm. So they're rebuffed in their like happiness to hell camp this whole thing. So they're not going to, they're not going to drop on a keep start anywhere else. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. They're, they're viewing the Imperium is viewing other timers that are being generated as um, a way to distract them from M2 and whether or not that is reality I suspect that probably is the case, mm -hmm. but whether or yeah. not it is reality, it doesn't really matter, right? Because they're, they're just going to stay in M2 and they're going to happily just take it. So this puts us in an interesting position. And uh, we've talked about this, uh, missed you Sunday, by the way, but uh, what are these two groups kind of like, are they stuck in a room that is cemented over? Are they stuck together in there? I think they're both willingly hitting each other's heads against the wall right now. Right. And maybe not heads. Maybe it's just other uh, other limbs that aren't that important. Right. Maybe they're just slapping the wall. Um, but they're both in here doing the same to each other. The Imperium has a, a really solid path to victory of we just have to stay here until these guys leave. Um, Pappy, they have a much weaker path to victory. Right. Because if they get pushed out of Delve, then that's them losing. Uh, like if that ever happens or if that ever comes to pass. Um, they've really painted themselves into the we have to occupy Delve uh, in order to win. So I think the Imperium has a much easier win condition. They can even just default win as long as they could just sit in NPC Delve. They're like, oh, yeah. we're still in here. T t so Ty um, goes to the defender, you're saying? I, I think so, absolutely. At least the way it's been framed, right? This is why um, when we talked about this six, seven months ago, uh, when we were giving kind of letter grades to the initial... Um, narratives that these uh, mega coalitions set for themselves we gave a higher grade to the imperium because it seemed more reliable and more something more easily executable right so uh fewer moving parts fewer paths to fail um they did they did say a few things that they wish they could t take back and they um have kind of modified a little bit right delve isn't a fortress anymore when dq is the fortress um you know delve is the quagmire in which uh, Pappy will will step foot in and get stuck forever and die. Um, so, you know, they've been modifying it. I think they still have that advantage there. I think they have a much clearer path to victory. Mm -hmm. um, you see them creating other timers and catch. Um, you saw them effectively pull Brave out of the war zone, at least for a little while, 
to deal with um, the fires and catch, right? That's all set up by groups like uh, the Initiative and Bastion, right? The B- Bastion really deserves a lot of credit here mm-hmm. because as Fountain fell, the Bastion were the first group to say, you know what? I'm not going to live in Delve. Sorry, Mittens. I'm going to go around and create other timers. And people laughed at them, right? People scoffed at them. They're like, oh, they're, they're hitting timers in Esoteria that mean nothing. They're going north and hitting timers and, and they're doing nothing. But they paved the road. They were a thorn enough in their sides that bigger groups within the Imperium, like the Initiative, looked at it and said, hey, you know what? These guys are having a lot of success. If we did the same thing, we could even spread these guys even further out. And, you know, I really do think that the Bastion uh, walks of the Initiative could run. (laughs) But, I mean, if you're in the Imperium this entire month, you're still surging on that big smug wave of M2. There is nothing that can happen that can take you out of that high. Yeah. Um, And I think... They literally still have Pappy in a a head... What do you call it? Um, Headlock, basically. We did see that the, the Hell Camp is fallible. Right. Um, objectively speaking, stuff from the hell camp is getting out. Um, NC dot and PL and Panfam removed several Titans. I think the number of Titans that have been extracted is uh, well into the double digits for those groups. Um, I think it's something just under 20 have been extracted. Um, there are still a bunch of capitals. There's still a ton of Titans and supers that are stuck there. Um, and back to Gregorian's uh, like. Uh, summation of the the town hall where mm-hmm. pro god was saying that it's got to be a stressful situation for the imperium more so than pappy i think that would be true if you were talking about any other alliance in the game any other group of people i think would get burned out trying to keep the hell camp up the imperium i mean this is what they do right mm-hmm. um they like did the, it the, the quote is new england does crab cakes and football right the imperium does uh, hell camps, right? They can <laughs> do this in their sleep. They'll could do this for another six months if they really wanted to. Yeah. I imagine at the end of this year, there's still going to be dudes in M2 that are just camping and pretending to camp and are guarding the bubbles, or there's a guy in a, like a fast locker that's there waiting yeah. for that one guy to log in. Well, they're, uh, well, they got a DJ, right? DJ can yeah. hang out with them. So, really, uh, <laughs> I think we saw a lot of a really good signs of life from from Pappy this this past weekend uh, when they did occupy M2 they killed like 200 bubbles um, they got some stuff out and they started logging ships in and these ships were logging in with 15% armor no bonuses mods offline these ships that were ghosted before mm-hmm. um, like they were in some serious disrepair they died on one doomsday you can't <laughs> You can't, you just have to take the death when they come out. Um, I think Pabby killed something like 170 interdictors, but for every interdictor that was there and the, the Imperium were like proud of this too, right? For every interdictor that was there, there were another two that popped up. Uh, so every bubble that goes down, there's another two that pop up. So really, I think realistically in M2, and, and this is me putting my little FCing strategy hat back on, if you want to get those supers out, you got to throw down there again. You got to throw down an M2, drop your entire Titan fleet, your entire super fleet onto that keep star in order to extract everyone out. That's how I think is the easiest way to do it. Um, because if you try and take it out piecemeal, I think it's going to be quite iffy. 
The problem is the Imperium every day that goes on where they're camping in M2, they are not getting disparaged. They're enjoying it more and more and more. It's like powering them up uh, even more as the day as the days progress. Mm. I think I might have deleted the last battle. Let me find it up here on Twitch. We had coverage of that. We saw a couple of three, maybe three Nixes escape, and then we saw two get destroyed, and then it kind of uh, ended. Um, see if I can get to the video. I saw some gamesmanship there. Here it is, the breakout attempt, because it it seemed like there was some skill involved. It was a little bit of luck of the draw. Where does your Titan land when it comes out? Not Titan, but your super carrier in that case. And then um, some landed in bubbles and they were a little more trapped than others. But you also saw like Pappy bombers come out and, and bomb all the bubbles that came out. Uh, and that worked a couple times. So I did see like there was strategies on both sides. But with all these doomsdays waiting to be used there, I don't, I don't see how you're going to be able to get Titans out. Um, very easily. Here's a Nyx getting blown up, I think. There's a Doomsday right underneath it. It's just getting speared. Let's see if I can make that bigger for you. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a few things that you can do, right? Um, and, and this is something that uh, Pappy has kind of been doing for the last week or so. They've been peeking into M2. Um, they've been poking around, seeing how, how well they can take control of the system. And they've found their sweet spot, which is in I don't want to say late U.S. time zone, but it, it's pretty deep into U.S. time zone. By the time all the Europeans have gone to sleep, uh, I think Pappy have found that they've got a pretty big numerical advantage in U.S. time zone um, over the Imperium. So they go in there, they clear some bubbles, um, they make the Imperium kind of move around. Uh, for a while it was, oh, the Imperium is not forming for this, let's go into M2 because then they'll have to form. Uh, yeah. But now they, they've gotten a little bit more brazen. Um, they've, they've cleared some bubbles. Um, there's a lot of work going on in the background, right? So what mm -hmm. happens is around downtime, uh, just a couple of minutes before downtime, these guys, they're logging in. They're trying to say, hey, where are we on this grid? Um, like, <laughs> where are we going to show up? So you have to log in at a very specific time. Um, and sometimes there's tie-dye in M2 around downtime too. So that kind of throws a wrench in the plans. Yeah, your um, timing really changes. On that. Yeah. So you say, where am I? What set of bubbles am I in? Do I have enough capacitor to jump? Those are the, the big questions. What bubbles am I in? Do I have capacitor to jump? Are my modules online? Uh, once you get that sorted, right? Because you could, over the course of a week or, or 10 days, you can inject, right? Because all these uh, ships, if their mods are online, they have injectors. They can chug injectors while they're coming out of E-Warp landing back onto the grid. So they can get their cap back up um, from wherever it was at. So it, it, it's probably gonna be around 30%. So these guys log in, they chug three or four cap boosters, they log off, they wait a day, they do it again. Very, very annoying process in order to do that. Uh, they also say, hey, where are we? And so they find the area that has the most kick guys in it. They clear those bubbles out. They let people log in before the Imperium can really respond. They get them out. They have bombers pre-staged there, as you mentioned, to bomb off bubbles. They've got boosters to boost bubbles off. Right. But if you're in a super carrier that shows up with 15% armor because yeah. you ghosted on the jump in, we're not going to repair this guy. Like this guy is not going to get repped. 
uh, if his modules are offline, his cap's going to be low. He's going to have to sit there to take cap. So there's only so much you can do. So I think they've extracted a lot of the um, the ones that are extractable. And so now you're in this weird position of um, what are we going to do with the rest? How are we going to get these other guys out? Because they're so fragile. They're they're like half sunken ships yeah. uh, in order to get them out. And the Imperium just sitting here happily doomsdaying them. Yeah, it's right. like Pro, Pro God did say in his town hall that he expects uh, a few a decent amount of losses uh, in further extraction work. Yeah. The easiest he, way he, to do it, right, is to, if you're Pappy, the most reliable way to do it. And this is a lot. I, I'm oversimplifying. I'm going John Madden on this. I'm oversimplifying <laughs> the hell out of it. Okay. The easiest way to get your stuff out is to make sure that Keepstar is gone. If you can kill that Keepstar and get it out of the way, hard to do. Yeah. You failed that at once. You got you got close to it before, but if you can get that Keepstar gone, then logging on is is super easy. Who cares? Gravy train biscuit wheels. You can just sit and guard them as they come in. They could come in with one percent structure. Who cares? Um, so that's your easiest path to victory. In other but words, doing that does require words, you, you throwing down. You can't have a if the Keepstar is not there. You're not going to have a Titan fleet sitting on top. Exactly right. So you take away all that instant damage, which means you can survive a few seconds longer to possibly cap up, repair yourself, or get out, whatever you need to do. But right now, that's not the case because you have so many Titans sitting on top of that place. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no, I know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, the Imperium mentality is the longer this goes on, the more, like, snowball it gets for the Imperium, right? We saw today there were um, some iHub timers in DTECW, and the JP4, they came out together. The Imperium almost saved both of them, but they just, they got bombed um, really badly. Uh, and that kind of took the wind out of their sails. So they ended up losing one of the iHub timers. It was like 80% in their favor and it went all the way back, which uh, I've been there really annoying <laughs> to deal with. So they lost one timer, they saved another. They could care less about that timer. They they do not give it like they fought for the timer because it's an objective. It's something that's fun to do, but they could lose every timer from here uh, until the rest of time, <laughs> and they would still have M two to rely on, and they would still be getting more and more people coming to to their side. Like that's the one thing that's really throwing Pappy for a loop here, because they're going, they're using these strategies to kind of make the numbers subdue a little bit let just endure that wave of smug uh and just just peter it out just a little bit little bit little bit uh, at a time until they can get a more even footing again and it's just not working uh because the, the imperium just doesn't care they're like we've got m2 we've got anything can happen mm -hmm. uh, a fortizar goes up in one dq they say who cares m2 we still got m2 so there, there's really no way for these guys to kind of lose momentum after this point. Oh, sorry. Um, my son came into the room and said, are you streaming? I was like, yes. And he goes, oh, and he shut the door <laughs> both times really <laughs> loud. <laughs> so that's what that was. Uh, this is going to be an interesting test of endurance, and I have to say the Imperium is, a, is an advantage here. As you said before, this is not something that's uh, new to them, and it's a party. And the more they make it a party, the easier it is to show up day after day after day. 
Uh, but I did see some, as I was saying, and some, there is some skill involved in trying to extract these ships. They're coming back as ghosts because at least these, these, uh, key, these, uh, ships that are coming back on top of the Keepstar, which is what we were watching the other day, those are from the Hull Timer. So those are the ones that got disconnected. So when they come back in, they're coming back in with really only the amount of power that the player has with his skills, right? Like here we see a couple Nixes coming in and they're going to come in already damaged, already like at, what is it, 30% Hull or whatever. I think yeah, so a, what a lot of that is, is just, go ahead, explain that. I was going to say, what happens is when you, what happened with the, with the ghost ships, um, the ship came into the system of M2, but the pilot never did. So the bonuses that the pilot gives to a ship in terms of having the skills and stuff like that, they did not apply when the ship died. Um, but because of that disconnect, this, the game kind of didn't really know what to do with that. So it brought the ship back to life because the player a few hours later would show up back into M2 and it would expect it to be in a ship because it left in a ship and the player never died. So they're like, the server's like, hey, what's going on here? So now when you log in after the fact, the ship has the status of, hey, I got destroyed. I lost X amount of HP when I died, but I didn't really die. But the player is here now to give me extra um, stats, right? So if he's got implants in, He's got the skills to actually fly the ship. So it gives me something like 50% structure, 50% armor, 50% shield. Not exactly. That, that's a rough number. Yeah, but yeah. you're coming in with, with very, very uh, low levels of HP. That is so interesting. And that's a function of the servers having lost communication with each other during this fight, which caused the problem initially. Now trying to resolve who's correct... And so it brings in the ghost ship with just the bonuses that the actual pilot applies to the ship. So it's paper thin compared to its usual self. Yeah. Um, the good news for Pappy, though, um, like I, I feel like this has been kind of doom and gloom for Pappy. The good mm -hmm. news for them is that they've rebounded. Um, so they've come out of this M2 fiasco. They didn't crack. They didn't crumble. Um, they got shook for a little while. They came out there, oh. I don't want to say they're as strong as ever, but they're winning timers whenever they, they form for them. They're not winning every timer, but they're winning timers. Um, they're winning more timers than they're losing. They're holding on to the sob that they have. Um, their jump gates for the Imperium are in disrepair pretty much constantly. The jump gates for Pappy are still working through Delve. Like Delve has effectively more infrastructure for Pappy pilots than it does for Imperium pilots. Part of that is the Imperium doesn't put any weight on that because they say, hey, we know what we have to do. We don't care about moving around the region that's on fire anyway, so do whatever you want. But Pappy, they've rebounded. They've got people in fleets. The, um, the, the numbers are fine. The FCs are, are still there. People will still have trust in them, right? So the, I know the Imperium talking point is, oh, you can't why would you go to battle with a guy that got you into this mess? Yeah. Um, the pilots on Pappy, they're not buying into that uh, rhetoric, uh, whether it's accurate or not. They're still trusting their people. There are new names that are stepping up to help out. Um, well, there are more... 
a little more on that to get people out. A little more on that psychological warfare, I call it, right? It's narratives, right? But I call it psychological warfare because it has a purpose. It's not just to say that, you know, we're the heroes of history. It's more to do damage in one way or another to the opponent. And it happens on both sides or all sides. But what they're trying to do and what I've seen a lot is what what kind of, why would you follow an FC that would try to jump 6,000 people into a server that had 4,000 people? And uh, the CCP explanation of what happened that day, uh, April 2nd, uh, sorry, January 2nd, um, is it wasn't complete enough. So everybody can make, the, or people can make the assumption that it was Vili alone that decided to jump 6,000 into 4,000. And two things about that. One is that's not what happened because you don't jump in everybody at once. You jump in a couple test fleets, which he did. Those went in okay. And then you jump in your forces, usually all at once, to make sure they're all protected by the numbers, expecting to lose whatever Titans. And so those are all kind of rational decisions. They're not crazy decisions. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Like yeah. uh, if you only needed a small contingent of those people to get in, hmm. uh, in order to stabilize in the way that they wanted to stabilize. You didn't need everyone to get in. Um, similarly, the Imperium didn't need everyone in their system. That's why they had like 3,000 as backup that weren't in there, right? They right. didn't need all, they didn't need to have 7,000 people in one system. Right. So the point is that the psychological warfare that I'm talking about is to try to discredit the thinking of the other side as stupid and stuff. And I see a lot of that stuff. So they try to correct that uh, to be more historically accurate um, because both sides are smart. Both sides are capable and historically understand server and server weather and all that stuff. So it was a risk and everybody admits it was a risk. I think they had accounted for losing a lot of Titans when they first got in. But the situation that they're in now wasn't an absurdly bad decision. It was a calculated risk. And I think that's different. But again, Imperium will basically say, uh, why would you follow anyone that would get you into this mess? Which is an, what yeah. you said earlier. The the Imperium definitely wants, they, um, the goal, and, and this should be their goal. This has been their goal from the very start. Their goal has been to break up Pappy because they figure Pappy is a brand new mega coalition. It's filled with people that have fought each other, uh, people that are not on the best of terms with one another. If they can fracture those bonds, then Pappy breaks and the Imperium can just run rampant. That is their goal. That is what they uh, mean to do. And that's like a very rational thing, yeah. right? <laughs> that makes sense. They're absolutely right. There are people in Pappy that hate each other. Um, I remember like there are people in, in Brave that probably had to bite their tongues when they said PL Blue. They didn't want to do it. Yeah. Well, and you but, had yeah, you had test fight winter. You had test fight PL, and that was those were bitter fights, right? UALX was that arrangement, uh, PL winter versus test, and so yeah, there's there's definitely possibilities of causing division between them using rhetoric and using uh, the media platforms, um, and so that's a good strategy. I figure that that is the Imperium's offense. Right. Since they're fighting a defensive war, this is their offensive. Uh, I don't know. Some of their offensive tactics are actually media tactics rather than um, them actually going into catch like they did. Uh, not catch, but 
Where'd they go? They went into Detrid, I think, right? Remember the very first shot of the war wasn't test. It was actually Imperium going into, uh, oh, no, it was, it was, uh, what is it? Hansmother or wherever AOM was. Uh, but anyway. Omist. Well, I think it was Omist. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, but that was like, that was, remember, in the south part of the, of this war, there was a little bit of back and forth. And that was Imperium on offense, right? They had claimed, they had jumped into legacy territory and torn it to shreds right off the bat, very first shots of the war. Uh, but since then, it's really been kind of a defensive war for them, militarily on the ground and stuff. But but what they can do very well is use media to to try to divide the super coalition as Elise was explaining, which makes sense. I see that as their offensive, as part of their offensive uh, maneuvers. Okay. Elise, I have taken so much of your time and I appreciate you coming around. Do you have anything else that uh, you want to add to this? Uh, no, I think the next, uh, I think the next two weeks, I think are going to be very, very um, action packed uh, in Delve. I think there's going to be a lot going on. Um, there's going to be lots of fights over IHUB. I think there's we're going to see a lot of stuff going on in M2 as uh, Pappy, who now definitely feel as if they are behind the eight ball. I don't want to say they're losing. They're losing. Okay, Pappy are losing. Right? So <laughs> they losing. definitely <laughs> feel like they're losing a little bit here. And so they're trying new tactics. Um, I think they're going to come up with new interesting ways to get people out of M2. Um, new interesting things to kind of attack the Imperium with. So that's uh, really exciting for me because that's when that's when all of the plans that you had in the beginning kind of go out the window and you change week to week to week, uh, even like fight to fight, the meta shifts just ever so slightly uh, on a, these very high ends. Yeah, this is this is where we see the experience really take over and you see people adapt, uh, uh, you know, under pressure when everything's at stake. And we'll see how that goes. One last thing that I always wanted to talk to you about this. I, I don't know if we have, but if the Imperium win this war, um, first of all, it would be a congratulations to them for resisting the everybody else, right? But what does that say about the game if they can pull this off as far as the, the way that it's built and um, kind of what's rewarded on the high end? Like, Because I think it's, to me, it feels a little bit like uh game over at that point wouldn't you like, i would call this the end of days war for a reason whoever wins either proves like well i call it the end of days war because i think everything's gonna be different after this what do you think um i think uh csb are already in the process of nerfing what made these two groups come to power and what made them strong so i think regardless of who wins or loses the game's going to be changing anyways uh, CCB are probably very, very happy that, <laughs> that these groups are attacking each other because that's less work for them to have to do, right? Like, look at the MER, look at the destruction numbers, yeah. and that's only a taste. Like, they're just so overjoyed that this is going on because CCB, they don't want these mega coalitions to exist in the game. They don't want thousands and thousands of players to, to play. Like, uh, the just strictly speaking, or, or frankly speaking, the capture mechanics for solve they fall apart at these numbers if you've ever gone into one of these solve fights for one of these ihub timers it's going to take you an entire afternoon to win 
because the fighting is spread over across a constellation. You've got thousands of players jumping gates, which creates lag. So you don't even see seven, 800 people in a system and you're pegged at 10% tie-dye for four hours. It's grueling. It's awful. You can't reinforce every node in these things. So CCB definitely wants the, like that play style gone. So I have a feeling that the, the changes that are coming in, in 2021 are going to be putting a little bit of a pin into what mm -hmm. um, gave rise to the to these mega coalitions. Who knows yeah. if it's going to be successful? CCB has tried in the past, and we've just grouped up even harder. Um, I do think some of the changes that they've made have made people want to group even more, um, which is against what they obviously want. But so, you know, so Billy is in the public voice channel. Do we want to drag him in and see what he has to say? Can you stick around at least, or do you got to run? I'm, I'm borrowing. I've time actually got a my my dinner's still going, <laughs> so I've got to go grab dinner. But I'm glad to to see the Billy's around. All right, I'm gonna I'll drag him up here because he's always interesting to talk to. We'll go a little longer in that case, and uh, at least if you have to go, I, I did. I don't know if Billy. Is ready for this. I'm just I'm just trying to drag him up. I'll be um, I'll be back in like 15 minutes once my my dinner is in a more uh, oh, sustainable position. Oh, you <laughs> can make then, it back. Oh, yeah, if you guys are still back in like 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. Billy, are you here? Yeah. Just, how are you? Yeah, I just dragged you. Uh, we're online, so you just so you know. Uh, but uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, you're you, streaming. Yeah, we're streaming. I don't know if. Um, you heard what we were talking about. We were talking about the game and uh, what happens. Actually, we've been breaking down the war scenario for the last, uh, what, 15 minutes and stuff. But we were talking about just now the, uh, let's, what's it say about the game if the Imperium is able to win that the rest of the game combined couldn't take them out? Like, what's that say about the distortion? Well, I mean... And at the well, same... Let's be clear here. I know the narrative is that it's the entire game, but I can most assert, most certainly assure you it's not right. It's not. Uh, it's not even close. Um, it, it's a large percentage of the big blocks, the Titan Holder alliances, but by no means is the rest of the game. Oh well, I don't think it's uh, literal. I, it's the it's the other. No, no, no. Yeah. I think that it definitely doesn't look good by any means. Uh, I think the defenders' advantage in eve is very strong and i think everyone would probably agree both before and after this it's probably still too strong uh what are the good fixes i don't know but certainly there is lots of room to improve there's no doubt about that elise was just saying that a lot of the mechanics for for sov uh break down at this scale like it's just this the scale yes really... and no i i i think some of them break down very very poorly but i think some of them actually like entosis for example i think has worked better or actually close to what it was actually supposed to look like many years ago the problem with entosis is when it came to 200 versus 200 fights it never worked the way i, I think the developers intended it to but now we're have, seeing it at the 800 versus 800 level where you've got fleets maneuvering left and right, you've got large fights, small fights, you've got people taking objectives uh, over fighting. Uh, I, I actually think the the Intosa system works more towards what it was actually intended to at the very high scale. Unfortunately, the game breaks because it's, there's so much lag because you have 1,600 people in an 800 v 800 fight. 
uh, much like we saw today where the entire constellation was a 10% tie-dye for the entire day. But, uh, you know, that's kind of how it goes, I guess. But but uh, Entosis Warfare, let's say, Aegis War, Aegis Sov, Entosis Warfare, kind of the same. That does spread out uh, the grids, so people have to fight on multiple grids, or has that been figured out? Um, I don't. I wouldn't say it's been figured out. I think at every point, there's always room for innovation, improvement for small gangs and small groups to show their mettle to uh, make a difference. We see that constantly in the in the war, where you know a small group of fifteen or twenty guys breaks off from the main group and you know self-directed or under the command of a, a kind of an Overwatch commander, will make decisions or engage in smaller content. That's just one piece of the larger battle, and in my opinion, I think that's that's actually strong gameplay, that it makes it better. Um, I, it, it's a complex issue, right? It, it, is the Intosa system better than it was? Is it worse than it used to be? With a, with the previous soft system Dominion, it was all about single point grids and how to fight those. Certainly, Age of Sov is not about that at all, although it can be. It's definitely led to the hack uh, meta that we have now, where mobility is such a key component of the way the engagements take place. Uh, th there's a massive amount of problems, and there's a massive amount of different ways in which the dynamics work that uh, everybody's taking into account all the time. And to say any one particular thing is good or bad, it, it is rough. They, they all kind of have their place and they all kind of have a reason. They all just don't necessarily work together the mm. way they're supposed to all the time. So when you fix one thing, you create undue pressure on other things? In many cases, yeah. Right? Like the, the problem of, let's say, for example, people often say remove tether, uh, you know, tether's too strong, and they're wrong, and they're totally correct. Tether is way too strong. But on the other hand, a lot of the mechanics of the game don't work without tether right now. You, you know, Titan bridges alone would be basically all but impossible if there was no tether because we've, you know, basically put uh, pastas into the Stone Age. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the, there's a ton of different elements to the game where every every mechanic and every little bit of everything has a, a role to play in the in the overall health of the the environment i guess yeah so would you say that we're we're still in an um a transition from gosh even dominion sov like is it still are we even at this late stage are we still in a transition with this new sov are we um are we even i don't know i i think that age of sov has been adjusted time and time and time again we went from fozzy claws to troll rapiers to you know the, the we're talking about like the speed limits we're talking about tech to entosis we're, the, the, there's so many different things that have changed about entosis from its initial release the way nodes regen the amount of nodes the percentages of nodes it, it's different than it was when it started and mm -hmm. i don't know if it's still in a perfect place but i know it's not a terrible system I've definitely got, you know, things I don't like about it at different points. But certainly it's not a terrible system by any means. Right. So but the other thing that I was asking was, what does it say about the game when you have the slugfest that happened in M2? I'm talking about the armor fight where each group loses the same. <laughs> each group loses 75, basically. 70. Was it more than that? It was 125. The uh, The... 
M2 part one was about 125, 126 a pop. Yeah, that is way past everything that died in BTAC R. Okay, I know it's a different age, but way past, that was 75. And each side lost 125. And it felt like it wasn't really consequential. The biggest consequence of that wasn't the damage that was done. It was that you guys got stuck because downtime came. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, we had anticipated taking, you know, losses in that range, and we were happy to engage in that trade. We figured that worked well for us. The not logging in after downtime was not a call I'm a fan of, but it's uh, it's the call we made, and it it you know it created the problem of, you know, the the M2 Hellcam, and obviously, you know, now we're bit by bit. Uh, working our way back out of it, I guess. Right. Is that, so that call is not a, that is a call that you're not a fan of. It was a group decision or did some people say, look, everything's a, everything's a group decision, right? So, you know, multiple, like it, it's one of those decisions where uh, like, so let's be clear, the decision was made, right? Uh, and we, we all make decisions on, but I want to know how that decision's made. Is it some people say, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw well, let me throw the scenario out at you. Then you can say I don't want to answer it. But like, do some people say, no, our guys are too tired. We're not coming back. Or no, this isn't our time zone. We've been up all night. Like, is that how a group decision is reached? Like, uh, or is it like, let's vote on this sort of thing? I'm not going to really say how group decisions are made in this okay. context because they're always different in every situation. All and, right. you know, the decision was made. We all live and die by the same sort together, right? We're, we're a unified coalition of, of many different voices and many different people with many different opinions. And we're not always going to agree with each other, but we're always going to work together. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. Well, that's what I was thinking. And what at least was illustrating very well is that a lot of uh, what we see is as an offensive from the Imperium is kind of psychological work. They're working on your allies to, 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 shear them off like brave for instance coming at brave saying hey you're treated as a second class citizen uh, from tranquility trade money basically and these kinds of things the offensive seems to be on the uh media side of things whereas in the game a lot of this stuff is uh defensive i don't want to take anything away from imperium doing offensive campaigning or whatever but they're not you know the bulk so of in the Dell theater they have no real offensive pressure they had they they made some really good offensive uh, moves in the two weeks post M two, but as expected, the morale and the enthusiasm were off bit by bit by bit, and ours recovered bit by bit by bit, and all of a sudden we equalized, we clashed, and then the momentum started to swing the other way bit by bit, and the fact that they've still got our balls in a vice in M two is is an absolute undisputed fact, but it's not one that we're uh, unwilling to to move past right we 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 know the position we understand the tactical dilemma it puts us in it's not a great one but there's more than a few ways we can work around it and we have over the last couple of weeks we've identified that you know the m2 camp creates so we were the ones in ulx for example who started the first real kind of camp like this and we had all the experience of what were all the problems we identified when we did that and 
you know, once we got back on our feet here a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, mm-hmm. we just said, okay, well, what are all the things that really screwed us up when we were doing UX? And that was the constant attacks, having to flash form all the time, having to, you know, make sure that, you know, nothing dies, kind of creating this situation where we were able to, in US time zone, you know, night by night, kind of tear them apart bit by bit uh, by forcing them to form over and over two, three, four times a night. And, you know, we'd force them to chase over, you know, all their fighters away from the Keepstar over the bubbles. We'd force them to form, we'd kill them a bit, and then we'd peace out. And we'd do it again. And then we'd do it again. To the point where we were all of a sudden making really big progress in U.S. time zone. And the Euros, where the numbers are a little more even generally, are just now starting to get to that point too. Uh, They're taking iHubs. They're forcing, you know, Imperium into rough fights. And just as much as we can't use our supers for to a large degree, neither can the Imperium. Uh, if they pull their supers and caps off that camp, then you know the door is open to go. And we're we're we're, st- we're still the ones with our balls in a vice, right? But that doesn't mean those metal bars or whatever that are holding in the vice can go, you know, vice something else at the same time, right? right. So I was saying it's it, like, it, he's got you in a headlock, but he's got to be there to apply the headlock. Yeah, yeah, I. I, I I don't know. I've been saying my balls in a vice for like a couple <laughs> weeks. So it's just the analogy I'm sticking with, I guess. That's right. It's just making me wince quite a bit. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, well, that, that's the point. You're supposed to wince because it fucking yeah. hurts, right? Yeah, yeah. You're wincing. <laughs> they, so here's the thing, though. Test is not the Imperium or Goonswarm even. Test is not Goonswarm. And Goonswarm has done this quite a bit. They even have their own DJ to keep them company. Like, they can keep... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, gate camp or whatever. A long time, can't they? But it can. I mean, it's it's directly off the Keepstar, so it's not like it's a very challenging thing. Saying, can you keep your members entertained? Uh, uh, yes and no, right? You you can. I mean, this is not something that Pappy couldn't do either. It, mm-hmm. it, it's just, is the juice worth the squeeze? Are, are you getting enough value from the Hell Camp? to justify the man hours you're putting into it. I think at this point they probably still are, but it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, wh- what the dynamic will look like or how it'll go. Uh, it's it's tricky, right? Because mm-hmm. as much as they are holding us there, they're, they're sacrificing a lot of things around Delve and Quarius, et cetera, to maintain the camp. So I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's a very interesting dynamic. That is that is the interesting part of the war right now is like how much stamina is there for this? We've gotten to the you know we had the the part of the boxing match where they're going for each other's heads, and now it's kind of like they're tied up and they're body blowing, um, you know, for for small incremental wins. You did some things recently. I think you took out a couple of uh, faction fortizars. Uh, maybe not a big deal, but you also put uh keepstar into armor or past armor and now going into hull so you'll probably take that one down uh, are you guys making good progress now that you've been stuck so our, our progress is rebounding right so post m2 basically the progress went from like you know uh, this steady you know line to all of a sudden it went right off the cliff and now we're like slowly getting back up that hill right i wouldn't say we're back to where we were although you know the, the fact that we're not being resisted quite in the way we were before is probably in many cases saying that we're making as much or more progress in different ways. And there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of new targets to go after because we lost a bunch. Right. But well, you lost a bunch I, of IHUBs, right? Last like three. Yeah. Yeah. IHubs. So we, we lost eight of the 10 soft three IHUBs we had in the, 
in the, the that two week period after M2. And you know, right. I, I give them props. They they struck quick when they had the the strong momentum and the push to do so. And that's well, that was that a was big a good reversal. Momentum. That was a big reversal. Eight out of ten. I didn't. Uh, I don't know what I was expecting, but I thought they might go on the offensive in a different way as well. I didn't see that. Um, did they take I, advantage? I, I, do you think or? How are you guys? I, I don't know. I, it, it's impossible to say. You know, like what would have been the the best course of action for them to take? Could they have went after T five ZI, which is really the only kind of headshot opportunity they've got? Could they went after YZ nine? YZ nine. You know, those are like the only two real big targets that they could go after. They could go after QI one as a Keepstar as well, but it, it's less consequential than the other two. The the, the reality is, I don't think that it's fair for me to judge their progress. I think they did okay. I don't know if they did, like, you know, if I'm grading them on a scorecard, I give them, like, B minus. Like, maybe there was room to improve, but maybe, you know, they did really good too. Like, oh, I, I, I don't truly know their... That's what, sir? I said, it seems like a decent grade if you're in... Yeah, it's a role. decent grade. Like, I, I think they did decent. Yeah. Like, I, I, I try not to be, spit, you know, like, to, 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 to... How do we put this? I try not to sugarcoat things, right? Like they did okay. Like they 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 made a, a big leap forward in taking yeah, bits of delve back, but definitely they didn't strike any any mortal blows. And at this point, one thing the camp does more than anything is it unifies Pappy. We're all in this together. And you know, if there's one thing I've ever learned out of my own personal experiences is, is that you know adversity and hardship brings people together more than anything. And the, certainly this hell camp is, is, you know, a bit of adversity and hardship that we're going to be experiencing together. Right. All right. So since then, you, you've gotten a little bit of your morale back. You're not back where you were. Not by any means. You don't have the ships that you had at your disposal, but also maybe your morale is not quite there. Uh, what's going to happen in, in the next two weeks and what should we look for? So what's the next two weeks? Uh, I think you'll see a continued uh, push around structures. Uh, the one swim keep star timer should be interesting. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I, I'm sure uh, goons know we're probably going to go after the M2 iHub. Um, we'll see how that goes. There, there's a variety of, you know, just general harassment. We're going to keep forcing them to take fights they don't want to take uh, through, you know, via M2. We all have plenty of structures there now, so I don't think we'll have to drop more of those, but in general, I just think it'll be a lot more constant 24-7 action, constant action, constant fighting over mm. stuff as goons try to solidify their position and we try to continue to push back into you know, the driver's seat. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, Gobbins uh, was on the record saying that now that the uh, Titans were kind of stuck together, that people were having a good time fighting in subcaps. Is that your experience? Yeah, I, I think the the subcapital content we've had over the last two weeks has been quite a bit, to say the least. It's been, you know, all time zones uh, from 100 or less all the way up to 800 or 1,000 and more. It's just been constant 24-7 around the clock. Kind of like this is kind of the dream content many people want uh, because both sides have their capitals trapped in this kind of quagmire together there, there's very little capital engagement in the in the arena limiting the 
limiting their usage. So you get just this much cleaner kind of subcapital arena for people to play in. So all that uh, death to caps, that's kind of a reality right now, or at least it's a pseudo reality of the ability to escalate to the highest power isn't there right now. So you can, you can enjoy a fight without knowing that at some point you're going to get bombed out. All right. So we'll look for that then. Um, more fighting uh, iHubs. Probably you're going to go after this one SMEB uh, or one tax SMEB uh, Keepstar. That will probably go down if it hasn't been defended yet. It may not be defended. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say how they will react to it. Certainly it's a uh, interesting target now with a Keepstar and Whole Timer. It's one of their only two that kind of head eastward. So if that Keepstar goes down, then F2OI will be their only path eastward and out so we, we will be in a position where that keep star takes you know a really high importance level and from there it'll be hard to say how things will go i mean obviously the you know coming weeks of m2 will certainly have a very significant role in how the following weeks go so if oh, you know in you know we do the, some go ahead sorry no you finish your question you, finish your you go ahead first all right. Well, you were you were answering. I was just going to prep the last question, but I thought you were finished. But M2, let's talk about M2, its significance. There was definitely a lot of, uh, you know, cash, uh, Titan reserves uh, destroyed there. We talk about these stockpiles that both groups have and how scarcity is making it um, hard to reconstitute these things. So at some point, somebody's going to start feeling the pain of not having the ships they need to escalate as high as they can in warfare. But um, I mean, what we've seen is significant, significant loss. Half of it is on your side of you know, tests specifically. But how much deeper are these pockets for either side? I know you're not going to tell us what test has in their pocket, but either side, is this good for the game to, to eliminate these uh as many titans as possible and what's it say about the state of the game if you can have the size battles that you had before and literally both sides are kind of untouched by it kind of unfazed i can assure you neither side is untouched or unfazed despite what they may tell you uh, i know test is definitely phased um, phased <laughs> you know we blew through our titan cash and we, we've done uh, a, a level of war bonds to ensure we got the rest sorted. Uh, I know Imperium did the same, and they're in a compromised position as well. I know who else did war bonds. Somebody else did war bonds. I can't remember. Is it fraternity? It's not, it's not like so. What, what you have is you have all of these people taking money that they have to pay back at some point, and saying. This is the, the biggest content we're going to get for years. This is when we invest in action, right? This is what it's all about. We're putting our money where our mouth is. Mm -hmm. so, so everybody's hurting, but everybody's willing to still ante up. They're putting their chips on the table every day. They, they know that, you know, in six months from now, a year from now, the, the cards are going to lay where they're going to lay. But if, if you don't play the game, for this at this level like what do you play the game for you know yeah. every like do people think that you know the last three years of delve sitting in or goon sitting in delve was was the good play gameplay or is this a good gameplay and i think everyone will agree this is what it's all about this is war 
you know, goons could should be proud of all the the ore they mined for years because now it's all coming into play, right? All those titans they built, just the same as Test is, just the same as NC is, as Horde is, as you know, Fraternity. All these groups, you build these ships to use them, and now you've got the opportunity to use them and to lose them. I can assure you. Mm-hmm. And you know, e- even though those hits are you know hurt, right? You're like, well, I don't. You look back, you're like, fuck, I'm not gonna be able to rebuild these as easy as I did last time. But you're still like, but. I, I built them to use them, so I want to use them. And everybody's determined that they're going to fight it out as long as they can, as hard as they can, until the end. And even if you're hurting, no, nobody's, you know, thinking about the door or looking at the exit. So it, it's uh, yeah. it's quite an interesting dynamic, to say the least. Yeah, I keep referring to this as, as end of day's war because it really feels like this is the conclusion of the last four years of, uh, and maybe even longer, building up these arsenals. And uh, so remember that Cold War that I think Matani was like, yeah, it's a Cold War, build supers as much as possible. Writing was on the wall, the people with the biggest arsenal. Faxes may have changed that a little bit, but whatever. The point is, here we are. This is the use case for all that stuff that was built before. And I think it just shows you how big the problem was. There are so oh, the many problem was there. insane. Like, like, you know, the the fact that both sides needed a thousand titans to to engage in this war should should tell you everything that's wrong with this war in a way, right? Yeah, a thousand titans. That that's it's it's a it's a batshit crazy number. Like a thousand titans per side. Like, yeah. it's just oh boy. Yeah. It. I uh, not only like we suspected there was a distortion in the power of uh, the Nullsec groups. Yours as a co- combination of groups, but the Imperium as a as more or less a small co- smaller combination of groups. But we've actually now seen it tested, full fangs out, and it is a ridiculous distortion of power or wealth converted to power. So yeah. So CCP, uh, where were they sleeping? I mean, uh, how did this? How did we get here? How did we get here? Everyone knows how we got here. We got here through Verkles and skill injectors and everything else. It's the, the path to where we are now is is very clear. Uh, with you know the ability to cram fifty thousand people into a region you know the size of your you know right leg, it's you know the, they allowed for. The mass accumulation of mineral resources, which can be turned into super capital holes. They allowed for, you know, skill injectors, which allowed newer pilots to skip all of the traditional, um, what would you call them, uh, difficulty points of getting into super capitals. And then you allowed people to compress and encouraged people to compress into smaller and smaller areas, creating such a high density that for one to attack one's neighbor created a situation where they needed such overwhelming force that you you end up with the scenario we have now, right? It's a, it's just a monumental kind of quagmire. And mm-hmm. CCP has been doing their best to work it out bit by bit, day by day, for a long time. And they've made progress. Uh, obviously, there's still a lot to go. There's no doubt about that. But it's uh, it's it's quite a quite a mess we were in. And I don't know if we will truly ever be freed from the repercussions of the 2015 to 2020 era. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people saw it 
and we're reacting to it. I think the 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 most famous case was just the abrupt quitting of Skill U FCs, uh, who basically were like, "Yep, this game's broken." Basically, you also saw it with uh, other groups that tried to do something different and still are struggling to, like Trigger Happy, you know, and um, other groups. But their complaints were chiefly like, "This game is uh, totally lopsided now," but it still didn't seem to. F- to spur CCP into action. Um, I kind of get the feeling that they were just letting it go because um, that really wasn't the priority to fix the game. The priority was maybe to sell the company at a certain point. This is my own thinking, right? To groom to groom it on paper so that it could be a better purchase. Um, and then when it was purchased, then, then you saw an attempt of uh, refining the product and actually fixing it. Seems to I, be- I can't, I can't, I know all I know is that the CCP that I've worked with the last two years is trying to adjust the product and create a product that is going to last decades. They are trying to build a game that has a future, not a game that is on its last legs. And they know they've fucked up in a variety of ways. There is no doubt about that. They know that they have legacy issues coming out the wazoo, from code to poor systems to unfinished content to, you know, player, you know, accumulation of assets to an insane degree to a thousand titans on a keepstar. You know, they know these are all problems they have to fix, but they've only got so many hands. And they can only fix so many problems at a time. Real and talk. They're doing did their they, best. Did they hire you to help with that problem? Are you sent by CCP to destroy the Imperium's uh, Titan reserves and and sacrifice your own in the process? There's a romantic in me that thinks that happened. I definitely wasn't hired <laughs> to do it. Were you convinced? Did you have discussions? Is this? Are you the Leviathan that uh, is going to swallow up the ship? Just one guy. Just I'm trying just to make your, just trying to make your way through the galaxy, huh? Well, like let's be honest here. As much as I'm the one who the Imperium likes to use as their propaganda pinpoint, it wasn't me driving this, right? I was just the last guy that they had to be convinced. I was the what the the dude that broke the camel's back, right? It's uh, well, you were the go button. Let's face it. Everybody else wanted this attack, but they couldn't. It depended on what side you were going to stand on. In that sense, you you did. Oh, I'm aware how it all falls out. It's just the irony of the whole thing is is depressing at times. Let's say, or it's I I don't know. I'm not explain that. What's what's the irony? The the irony of it all to me is perhaps that the guy who probably in some cases has the most respect for the way the Imperium kind of put themselves together. or historically anyways um is the guy who is now labeled as the biggest enemy of the imperium just because i was the last one to get aboard the train and uh that's you you know it's my face hanging out the rear i guess um why are you this why are you the whipping boy i guess of the propaganda wing of the imperium i'm front facing i think would probably be the biggest one i'm willing to go on talk shows and talk about things and speak the truth 
they don't like it. That would be my guess if I had to take a wild one. No, I'm willing it, to go on TIS or Trash Talk Tuesday or the yeah. Meta Show or pushing Push to Talk or whatever their show was I did the other day. Or that's true, but I'm willing to go here and t- talk to people. Yeah, and, but they and targeted I, and I you before that. They don't want me to say right, but they but they targeted you before you appeared a lot. Like they instantly went after you as soon as you said, "Okay, NIP is going to be dissolved." There was no warming up to like who can. There was no. It was like right there, zero to sixty. Villy is the enemy. Test is next. Right from day one. Right, because we had a relationship. You know, we had, we had a working relationship for several years. And I think to them it was anathema that anybody could disagree with the way they played the game and they interacted with the game. And you know, to to them that meant I I was the the traitorous of traitors. At least you know Vince has been you know consistent in his hatred for goons. Goblins right. has been consistent in his hatred for goons. Yeah. I'm I'm the dude that was like they're not that bad, but then they're like, but I guess I'll go to war with them, and they're like the fucking traitor. You know, it's like. <laughs> So uh, I got a lot of and, and, and I, I mean, to a degree, I, there, there's definitely like there is or was some personal relationships. And, you know, certainly I've seen the scorn from the absolute turn in the way that has changed. So um, it, it is what it is. Take it as it is. Take it as it comes. I think that you were the strategic linchpin that needed to be. You were the last but you kind of were the most important uh, because uh, you're a much smaller weight than the Imperium would be. Like if, if two groups went to war and the Imperium decided to take a side, that's a big weight as we can see. But Test was a much smaller weight in comparison to that, but you did tip the scales, uh, right? Uh, I think that was probably why they took offense to it. But you had a history with them as well. Did you have any secret deals? I mean, why was it so abrupt? Had you said something like, yeah, look, guys, you can relax. I'm never going to turn on an imperial legacy. We're going to be partners forever. Why was it so abrupt? I don't understand. Sorry. Why was their focusing on you so abrupt? Uh, Because I don't buy that it was you were on the... uh, talk circuit although i appreciate it and love to have you on but i don't think that's what it was i think uh, did you break a commitment to them in any way or was that was the nip the commitment the non-invasion pact oh i if i had to guess it's the nip bit and the fact that it was personal would be my guess uh like, I, I tried to do it in the best way I could humanly do it, right? Uh, you know, two weeks' notice is unheard of in the scheme of, you know, things. But the reality is uh, th- there was no other way to do it that I could see. Um, well, by by all appearances from the outside, it was an honorable change in direction, right? We've seen that happen, and we haven't seen that. Uh, of course... This change in direction was, you were basically saying um, the NIP is going away so that we can join everybody else to to attack your empire. So I can see why they saw that NIP as more than just an NIP dissolving. It was, oh, he's joining their side. He's a traitor. He's the enemy well, and they're next. We'll go after here, here's them. The tr- 
here is the truly crazy thing. And people probably won't believe me or whatever, but if we could ever truly dissolve the nip without goons instantly going like full on hell death war at us, we probably would have done it earlier. Right? Like the, the relationship had been so fracturously close to breaking so many times over the last three or four years. Um, what was holding it together? Was it was it you or was it because it wasn't pro god? Strategic necessity more than anything, and then me mm-hmm. having to grovel in many cases. Um, so so you, you had to grovel just to keep it going. I mean, we're the, we're the smallest of the th- well three. Some you know at that time there were four, I guess. Uh, you know, block level entities, right? So, uh-huh. uh, you know, Imperium was either the biggest or second biggest the entire time. So the strategic necessity of how you play that is kind of determines a lot of the courses of action, right? And there was several points, there was at least two points where we were basically they didn't put up the wall where I'm like, if you guys want to do this, then we got to go to war. Like, like regardless of how much I'm willing to grovel here, like that's the last straw. We can't go any further. And then eventually they'd be like, okay, we'll, we'll let you do this or whatever. Um, it, it's just, uh, it, it was a very odd relationship over the time. But there, the Imperium is very black or white. You're either with them or you're against them. And mm-hmm. there, there's not a whole lot of gray room when it comes to and they, and they wonder block why level. People don't. They, and they wonder why people don't like them, right? Like when I hear when I hear them say like, why don't people like us? Or they're upset about people thinking they're the bad guy or whatever. It's like um, they have some kind of amnesia about the way they look at the world. Like there's our people and then there's everyone else. And that, that kind of arrogance isn't just ignored. But, well, if, uh, you, if you notice, actually, they, they've really tried to push away from the, the pubby... Uh, literature i guess you would say or the yeah. moniker that has very defined them for basically a decade now and they, they've made it they're starting to make an effort to be like we shouldn't say that word people you know take offense to it a little bit and uh it, it's yeah. kind of interesting as they try to realize realize or fix some of the systemic problems they've had over the years well i think it's a it's it's a good uh, i don't think they can make anybody else mad that is going to join in and attack them. But I think to, to, to soften that rhetoric, I mean, some of the apologies I've seen from the leadership of the Imperium towards Horde and Vince and even PL is it's been like, we, we already settled our beef. We don't have a beef with them. It's just test. Uh, It's kind of amusing because they, they hate each other. They've always hated each other. Um, But to say, Look, guys, we don't. This is not really between you and us. It's it's between Test and us. That's who we want. So if you want to just like see yourself out the door, we'll take care of this. Uh, it's kind of funny to to see that. But maybe backing down on the everybody's puppies but us rhetoric um, is an attempt to kind of take the steam out of uh, the people who are committed to this war already that aren't in Test. I don't know. Uh, but you're saying the the way they see things, and I did interrupt you. It's black and white, so it was always going to be a bad day when you said, "Look, we don't want to be, you know, your partner anymore dipl- diplomatically." Yeah, right. I, I, I mean, know. like it's just like there's no real, you know, ifs ands or boats around it, right? The, the, when you make that call with them, you get a, better have your uh, your, your boots laced because you know what's coming next is pretty clear, right? You know, which is why as soon as the war started, I guess you could say, I was like, yeah, this is going to be, uh, 
a war of extermination. You know, it's going to be a, a, you know, a battle to the death because, you know, they're not going to accept somebody that they don't like living next to them at all. Right. So they're going to be coming for us with everything they got. Right. All right. Well, the war continues. Uh, as you can see in Delve, that theater is uh, still hot. It's actually hotter than it's been in a while, uh, at least a few weeks, because uh, people are fighting constantly in small caps or subcaps. And uh, we'll just have to watch and see what happens. Uh, there is a Keepstar timer that uh, is in one SMEB. And uh, we'll be looking at the iHubs in the next few weeks to see where the uh, majority of those fights go. Billy, the FC uh, one, for test and one of the FCs for Pappy. Thanks for joining us and hanging out. And I want to thank Elise earlier for some of the uh, some of the analysis of this situation, but also going over the new fleet commanders thing. And Gregorian for hanging out. Well, I have one last PS, and that is, Vili, you're uh, probably acquainted with the new Fleet Finder. What do you think uh, in a few words? Uh, is this the thing they announced this morning? Yeah, they announced it this morning, and it's on CC. We were just looking at it. I think it's a, another step in the right direction towards making Eve forever, right? Like, it, it's not functionally perfect by any means, but it's just another step in the right direction. You know, it's it's... But finding ways to help people find the people they want to, you know, fleet up with, you know. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, was there? I, I didn't watch the other part of the show. Was there any real negative comments about it, or? No, not at all. We were just going over it, uh, showing the differences and how it's really just additive. Like, if you used to get into a fleet a certain way, all those ways are still there. Nothing's changed for people who have. Um, already are accustomed to doing it a certain way, forming a fleet in a certain way. All that seems to have happened is they merged it in, merged a new way of getting into a fleet into the agency with a new interface that's cleaner and broader and a little bit of filtration so you can pick the kind of activity, the kind of encounter activity you want. So if you're searching for an incursion fleet, you can isolate incursion fleets only. It's just additives, uh, UI design really. All right. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Uh, we will. We are wrapping up here at two hours. Do you have anything well, else? One more thing. Oh, it, go ahead. If anyone who has st stuff still in the Basgar and Freeport Keepstar should make sure it's out by tomorrow afternoon before the hull timer. That's right. I had to run an Airbus out of there the other day. <laughs> <laughs> It, oh, no, I mean, Baskerin's been the primary uh, super cap market in the game for a long time. Oh, my god! I'm very gosh. upset that they're going to, you know, die and disappear. I wonder where all those super caps are going to go next. Ignorton. Maybe Ignorton, yeah. I think, you, <laughs> I, think, I think you paid snuff to take out the competition. So I, I can assure you that there's – I definitely didn't pay them, no. Uh, no, but that's the new – yeah. That's the I, new I'm, not, I'm not overly upset with this situation, but uh, – <laughs> I can see now thought, why you didn't defend that Baskar and Keepstar. But as I said, if goons want to take down the camp, we can go together to Baskarin and defend it. I'm, I'd be okay with that situation. Right? <laughs> You're gonna make a trade that way, huh? yeah? Yeah, man. I mean, they want to defend their space pope. We'll uh, we'll log our supers back in, and we can go together up towards Baskarin, right? Are you, it'll be, are you surprised? I mean, active unity. Are you surprised that they haven't said, "Hey, snuff, back off! You're part of the Imperium." 
we're telling you publicly back off or we'll march up there and make you back off. Like, why wouldn't they defend the Pope? They're friendly with the Pope. They have other things to Stuffin's worry about. not friendly with the Imperium anymore. I don't know if you're tracking. At the start of this war, goons told Snuff they were going to obliterate them and remove them from the game. I don't know if you guys remember that. They went oh, into they deployed in directly Pierre into Lothek and got slapped around a bunch. Oh, so Snuff... Oh, that's right. Uh, that was pre-war, but that was up there in the northern... I think it was like Pure Blind area, wasn't it? Yeah, right Snuff was just like nuking the shit out of them. It, like massively outnumbered and they had siege green come help them because losec is for losec people and not nullsec people and they had a field day at the start of that yeah wow yeah you're right good reminder interesting all right uh yeah get your stuff out of bezgarin and um i think snuff is going to take that keep star and destroy it i don't see any way that can be prevented but uh fear not if you want to sell titans you could still do it at at ignoitin because there's a keep star there so good access points too actually yes exactly right you can get it all fitted up all right there's your commercial millie wow all right uh glad i could do that for you thanks everyone uh we will see you next time on talking in stations well speaking of commercials let's just hold up for a second <laughs> Have you heard about our boy Matterall and Talking Stations? Right now, you've Tell got a sub that, button. Yeah. Bottom of your screen. Hit that sub button. Give him your Twitch Prime. Give him your sub love. He puts on a show every day for you, people. Every day. Like, you know, rain, snow, sunshine, whatever. He sits at his computer and he does the cool stuff for you guys. I think he's got a Patreon, too. He's got lots of love, you know, <laughs> going out. Let's put some love back into him. The man needs it. Billy, you're there's invited. your commercial Matterall. Thank you. You're invited every day. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next time uh, on Talking In Station. Stay tuned for a raid. <laughs>